Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your coach, your guide on the side. Welcome to the program, everybody. Today, we have a very special show for you. We are broadcasting live from Education Week at Brigham Young University, live from the Wilkinson Student Center. You know, BYU Education Week, tens of millions of people get together at BYU. May be a slight exaggeration, but 20,000-ish people get together. Uh They gather. A few. A few. They they hang out. It's hard to park. (laughs) And they get to go see and listen to speeches to be educated, which we all need. And by the way, so we're out. We're calling this a break. We're out. We're getting food every once in a while. Uh, We're hoping Don will bring us some food. Uh, highly doubt it. But uh, on on the set here live with us, Alyssa's here, Aaron's here, Sean's here, I'm here. Back at the studio, though, James. James, are you still with us? Yeah, in spirit. I think he's there. James is there. He's very quiet today. Yes. But James, uh, we didn't bring him out. Why wouldn't we bring James, Aaron? Well, he kind of misbehaves in public sometimes. Why not? He's so we, Yeah, we keep him out of public eye. He's, He's a hot mess when he gets in public. <laughs> he is a hot mess. Speaking of hot messes, yeah. these headphones are a hot mess. A little bit. They're going to get sweaty. They you make are. me hot. Yeah. But here's the deal. Raising boys. This is why we didn't bring James. And what's great about the show today is he is apparently his microphone's not working, so we can talk about him. Yeah. And what's he going to do? I don't know. Nothing. Well, he could cut he could, our audio. Yeah. True. Let's not make him too mad. We're talking about raising boys because it seems like, uh, and I have five boys. I have no boys. You don't? I have four girls. Would you like one? No. I've got, they're great boys. (laughs) I'm sure they are. They're really incredible. Let's switch a girl for a boy. No. Okay, let's do the right ratio. A a girl for three boys. Uh, maybe not. Because my, again, I love my kids. They're great. So I always talk like I don't. But we're going to have Dr. Mark uh, Ogletree is going to be joining us in a little bit. He's going to talk to us about raising boys. So if you're out there in listener land and you have a struggle trying to get your boys to, to grow up healthy and strong, today is the show for you. But before we do that, we always like to get into our headlines. So let's do that. Headliners from the Matt Townsend Show, a summary of stories that you might have missed. Okay, Sean, you have not missed one story. Not one. You have filtered through all I, of I the hot every stories. every single story that has been put out today. Yes. <laughs> wow. Right. When did you do that? Uh, before lunch, actually. Okay, wow. All before lunch. I'm like the Army. You're amazing. <laughs> you got up early and started exactly. sifting through this, the stories. Give us your top stories. Well, it looks like uh, Cambridge University is looking for somebody to... Find out if you can keep chocolate from melting in warm climates. No. They want a doctoral student to study this. No, are you kidding? <laughs> uh, they want a PhD student. And they want to pay you. Who to wants do it. to study chocolate? Yeah. Wow. They want they they <laughs> they figure out that the best quality chocolate starts going soft around 34 degrees Celsius, which is below human body temperature. Well, sure. And so, but they they want to. They want to be able to well, sell it. Well, why don't we just climbers. get real? It, it seems like a, an obvious answer. The answer is oh, it will melt. Way, Chocolate melts. Only European citizens can apply for the job. Because they, they, you know why? Because they don't think we have real chocolate. Exactly. Americans don't know chocolate. That's true. Losers. Okay. That's interesting. Okay. I think I'm going to. I'll go to Hershey, Pennsylvania anytime. Any day. (laughs) Okay. So there's one. Right. Uh, Los Angeles 
looking into making their ballots bankable. Is the headline. I heard that. Did you hear this? What are we doing? They want people who are coming to vote to be able, they want to turn the voting ballots into lottery tickets. Why? I don't know. Is this just to get people to vote? Uh, Yeah. Well, but don't they need to be informed? Don't they have to want to vote? Don't they need to want to do the process? That's that's the problem, I think, with this is you're going to have people who are not informed voting. Yeah. They're just going to want to be there for the cash. Oh, yeah. Well, I would so, vote. You know what? They don't even need cash. Give them chocolate. But they're thinking, why? how can we incentivize these people? Because only a fourth of their voters are showing up. Right. So you know what? I'll tell you. Or less than a fourth. Again, I'm not even a political guru. Right. But you know what? Have better candidates. Uh, there you go. Get a candidate that's interesting. It's, but, but why not? Come on. Maybe $25,000, yeah. $50,000? Come on. I think, I think if you gave them chocolate a and a better candidate. The CC combination, we call it. <laughs> chocolate and candidate. Booyah. They're going to vote. Now, more in line with our topic of the day. Yes. Have you heard about this Facebook challenge? Which not one? The, not the ice bucket Because the ice bucket, I think, would be funny. The ice bucket is funny. Yeah. In fact, we have one in back for you today. Oh, do we? Good. Right. Let's do that. <laughs> I need a back. I'm surprised man hasn't done it yet. I know. I haven't. No, Let's not but there is up. another one out there that is totally dangerous. Do not do this at home. Do not do this at all. What is Unless it? you're a stuntman. People are setting themselves on fire. Why? To film themselves, to put themselves on Facebook. And it's not Alicia Keys. Why? Yeah. The, uh, okay. No. Why? Where I, are their parents? Yeah, well, that's the story here. There is a lady in North Carolina. These who, aren't adults doing this. No. Yeah. Well, this is a her 16-year-old son. Yeah. Is going to set himself on fire. So what does mom do? What do you think she does? She gets out the mittens from the oven for the oven. No. The oven mittens. No. What does she do? She gets out the video camera. To watch her son burn himself. Yeah. She decides, oh, well, I'll help you get on Facebook. I'll film it for you while you set yourself on fire. Well, what's the worst thing that could happen? Exactly. How about fire? I, uh, <laughs> what if... I just don't believe... Uh, how do you have a 41-year-old person filming a 16-year-old person lighting themselves on well, fire? Well, like, was she coaching him? Like, no, no, honey, you're going to need more well, lighter fluid. Kind of. Actually, he put fingernail polish on himself to light. Really? Yeah, I didn't know that was flammable. I didn't either. I maybe maybe in its non dry state, yeah. I guess. But yeah. Um, so she's filming her 16 year old son lighting himself on fire, and all of a sudden these other people are putting the fire out, and she keeps filming. Holy cow! You know why? It's because she has she doesn't know how to raise a boy. I think so. You? Well, I think she's probably be... being adventurous. Uh huh. And she thinks the best way to do that is to let him catch himself on fire. I guess so. Were they doing it for ALS? Oh, yeah, James. no. There's James. Is that James? He's yes, here. It is. James. Where have you been, James? You know, just floating around like my, my disembodied spirit. Yeah. I, I don't think any of this fire challenge is for a charity whatsoever. No. This is for What would the charity be? Exactly. The burn unit I, at the I, local I, I university. Know. But it's been spreading wow. around. People pour flammable liquids on themselves. They light it and try to extinguish the fire, and then they post the video online. And somebody is going to get hurt from this yeah. drastically. We need This needs to stop. Yeah. No, you know what? It's parents need. I mean, well, why, why is she involved? Why this, would she ever video that? This Seriously. lady actually has been arrested. Good. And charged with contributing to the delinquency of a juvenile. Yeah. Plus, using nail polish. Yeah, there you Boys go. Boys should not nail polish up. No, and and if and if and I mean, he's 16. If he has hair on his chest at all, not and he anymore. put nail polish on there, I forget know. it. I know. My son has it's a sweater. <laughs> he has a sweater vest of hair. <laughs> so he would have been dead doing the nail polish. I mean, so really. But what would you do, What would you do if you saw one of your sons trying to do this challenge? I'd smack him. <laughs> 
<laughs> and that's not even correct or appropriate, but I'm not going to let you light yourself on fire. No. I wouldn't film it. Well, that's when you immediately turn to the ice bucket challenge, right. I guess. Or you turn to the Mentos challenge. Oh, there you go. Because, see, that would put out any fire. True. Have them eat Mentos and Diet Coke, and it'll explode. <laughs> you know, it's almost like we're not thinking anymore. I agree. I don't know why. It's not like boys are that hard to raise, is it? I hope not. Do are girls doing this challenge? No. Well, I, no, actually, yeah. that is true. I did see a news story where a girl was doing the challenge. Was she doing it? Because I'm yes. thinking maybe she wouldn't want to ruin the nail polish. I don't, you she know, knows how I mean, to you use, can use it. You can use lighter fluid. You can use all and, sorts and of other stuff. And the whole idea stuff, is catch it, yourself on but fire. Please don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah. No, don't do that. Yeah. Don't do that. That's There's better challenges. Go do the ice challenge. Mm-hmm. I agree. Right? That's good. Wow. Okay, so we really do need Mark's help today because we do. this is messed up. Dr. Mark Ogletree is going to be joining us in just a bit. He's going to teach us about Don, our... Don just brought food. Don, what? Who? Don? Don, you brought food? You guys look hungry. We, we, we are hungry, but you, know, you brought I, food I last you week, cookies. too. Yeah. yeah. You're the man. Well, this is, you know, when we go out on location, it takes a lot of energy Don. and things, so I thought you might. Uh, Gosh, you know, I bet we're going to be thirsty, too, Don. <laughs> if you want to really? just keep moving. <laughs> There's a drinking fountain right around the corner. That's we'll go great. find that for you. Oh, you're good, Don. Okay, we're going to take a break. More food from Don. We'll be back. We're going to be talking about your kids, raising your boys in a healthy, healthy, non-fire-related way. Back with Dr. Mark Ogletree right here on the Matt Townsend Show at BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today, it's Education Week at Brigham Young University, which means we are... uh, we're coming to you live from the Wilkinson Center, uh, Student Center here at Brigham Young University. Again, Education Week is where, who knows? I don't know the numbers. They never give me the numbers, so I'm going to make one up. 500,000 people gather, and they just they try to be educated. They learn, they grow. There's teachers from all over the country come in, and uh, you can go take classes on parenting and family, on religious topics. You name it, it's all here at uh, BYU Education Week. So what we like to do on this, uh, you know, during this time of year, is we go grab experts. And today we've grabbed Dr. Mark Ogletree's joining us. He likes to be called the man, the myth, the legend. Yeah. He's an associate visiting professor in the Department of Church History and Doctrine here at Brigham Young University. However, he has a really interesting background, a Ph.D. in family and human development. You've also had your own practice marital family, you know, therapy practice. Right. And you're here to teach us today about raising healthy boys. How do you do it? Seriously. I mean, I have five boys. I have one girl, five boys. They're different. My boys, all I need is one ball. Everyone's happy. Is that all it takes? That's all it takes. A ball and a glove. One ball, (laughs) one glove. But I can't have a glove because then everyone would have a glove. Then they'd fight. If you have a ball, then they can just start playing with the ball. That's right. My son, maintenance. one football can like entertain two or three of my kids for four hours. Different story with the girls. Totally. You hand them a ball and they look at you like, what? But nail polish, my daughter, if I bought her clothes or nail polish, she would love it too. But my, she, by the way, would love the ball too. Is there something different between raising a boy and raising a girl? 
I think there's a lot of difference. What are you learning? Of course, there's a lot of difference based on gender. There would also be differences based on just their personalities as well. Because oh, I yeah. have a lot of girls at my house that you give them the ball and they'd be set to they go love as well. The ball. See, my, and my daughter got really good, I think, at that because so many boys were around. Right. So, it, so it's not always just gender. It's just interests. It right? could be interest. It could be personality. You yeah. Bet. What what do you like when you think about it? Um, do you sense there's a difference in which one's more difficult? Yeah, I think so. I think that uh, now this is once again just my opinion. Yeah. And uh, but I think that uh, boys are probably a lot easier, easier generally speaking, yeah. to raise as they're young. Uh huh. And I think girls may be a little bit more difficult, but as they get older. Uh, some of the challenges set in with our boys. It's uh, There's so much coming at them from every direction. It's a weird time for a boy, too, just in history. Because we used to have roles where you're, you know, you're going to run in, you're going to be the dad, you're going to be the provider, your job is to protect. It's all of these kind of historic roles we would play. But now we're, we're reaching, it seems like, a stage where maybe we don't know what we're supposed to be anymore. You know, women can make just as much money women can usually can protect just as well i mean there's a lot of things so it's kind of a weird stage for maybe a lot of men it's a weird stage for men because we've lost our identity in a lot of ways you know it's kind of interesting matt 20 years ago we were talking about fatherlessness yeah that was kind of the big topic in the field and now here we are 20 years later seeing the result of that with with our boys that are just really struggling because fathers have either been outside of the home or there many fathers are irrelevant in their homes. Yeah, that's um, so true. Dads travel a lot. Even uh-huh. I mean, even good fathers that are plugged in, you know, have a hard time being connected with their with their sons. What what do you, what do you attribute all this to? Is it I mean, it really it's it shouldn't just because women are are improving and, and improving their status and their opportunities, it shouldn't necessarily diminish the male. But what's going on? You know, there's a lot of factors. There's always, you know, there's always a lot of things going on, I think, that we would have to look at. Um, once again, fathers that are busy. I mean, there's a lot of research now just on the fact that, uh, you know, men are working 50 and 60 hour weeks. They're not home as yeah. much as they used to be. A lot of men travel. We, we moved here from Dallas. Yeah. Uh, where that airport was located in a place so that we had so many men in our community that didn't even work in Dallas. You know, they, they just traveled got all over the country. And traveled all over. They were home on the weekends, you yeah. know. So you have that. You know, you have that going on. Um, there's a lot of you know, you know media influence that uh-huh. uh, that that pushes against I think dads and boys that uh, makes things a struggle. Um, go, go even going further back, if we talk about a generation now that's been coddled and not had to work as much, mm-hmm. and they haven't had to have as much responsibility, and now those men are fathers. Yeah. That's so as we enter this millennial age, the millennial generation, you're, there's a lot of we, we end up doing shows on that poor generation. <laughs> right. Because they don't seem to buy into some of the mores, the standards. Like when we, I was young, you, you needed a mortgage as fast as you could get a house. Get a house, get into a house, get a mortgage, get all this pressure. I mean, it was a weird thing where we just kind of all fall you know, into this lockstep role. Raise a family, get into a family. This, this generation doesn't jump into it quite like that anymore. We call slower it, to marry, slower to... Yeah, delayed adulthood yeah. or extended adolescence or, you know, yeah. th- those kinds of things. So, yeah, I think uh, men are marrying in their later 20s now. Yeah. Like, it, when it was, uh, you know, in our time, we were in our early 20s. And oh, yeah. We had those responsibilities that you talk about. We yeah. worked a couple jobs. And in fact, I just met a guy the other day that was, uh, I just said, you know, when I was your age, 
I think I had five kids, you know, and, <laughs> know. Uh, and he just got married, you know, kind of. Isn't uh, that so. amazing? So it's just a whole different uh, different set of dynamics that they deal with, for a- sure. Again, we're talking with Dr. Mark Ogletree, who is a professor here, a visiting professor in uh, at Brigham Young University. He also has a great background in, um, you know, kind of human development uh, and marriage and family therapy. He has a Ph.D. from the university or Utah State University in family and human development. He's the author of a bunch of books. First comes love is one book. Then comes marriage. Um, then comes the baby. Then we got to raise the baby. <laughs> you haven't written that book yet. We actually wrote a book on that. They called it something uh, different. Did they? It was on courageous parenting. Well, that's what we need. Yeah. That's so. totally what we need. <laughs> Do you think it takes more uh, courage? I mean, is, is that a different? I mean, it feels different, right, to raise a child. I've only raised a child in my lifetime. Never raised one in a previous lifetime. Um, think about, do you think it's harder to parent today? Or do you think... I do. Do you? I think it's a lot harder. And one of the reasons why, maybe you remember this too, but remember when we were kids, we were raised by the community as well. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't unusual for a neighbor to say, hey, watch it, or you don't do that when you're yeah. here or whatever. You do that today, you have a lawsuit, you know, kind of thing. That's true. Huh? So I think it's, uh, you know, teachers get in trouble for, for disciplining uh, students in their classes, you know, so it's a, it's a different time. I think parents are busier, you know, uh-huh. when we look back and think 20 or 30 years ago and how we were raised, families were together a lot more, yeah. you know, and now people are just scattered in every direction. So I think it's a big challenge. And you see it. I mean, the, these, the crazy, you know, riots and situation going on in Ferguson and all of just the intense pressure and some of this, you know, everyone kind of throws it back to racial. I was hearing some interviews earlier today where some of this might just be. We're, we're all it's, we're all feeling exhausted. People are tired. There's a lot right. of pressure, and we don't always see equality in the world. And in a weird way, I sense like it's our young men. It seems like we're losing. You know, it's a lot of these young men that are dying on the streets. It's a lot of the young men in Chicago that are dying, and we got to figure out how to parent. And we and I mean, you heard the story earlier. Did you hear us talking about the the mother that was helping her child do a. a some kind of a Facebook challenge where she ended up lighting him on fi- on fire. Wow. Well, she didn't light him on fire. He, li- he lit himself on fire, but she videoed the entire thing. And I'm sitting there thinking, what? Wow. We're going to follow a Facebook lead and do a challenge to light yourself on fire, and moms and dads are going to video it. Yeah. We don't know what to do. So well, I guess we're going to need your help. You're going to have to... You're, you're going to have to start teaching us as parents how do we be more courageous with, I guess, all of our kids and uh, boys in the media? Um, why talk to me just as we have a few more minutes before we take our break? What brought you from Texas to here? Why, why did you leave beautiful Texas, a practice thriving, and come to BYU to then, I guess, be on faculty? But what would what drove you? You know, teaching at BYU has always been a dream since the day I graduated from here. So that was always the hope to end up back here at BYU. But it was hard to leave Texas. I bet it was. That's for sure. I love Texas. We do, too. Where were you in Texas? We were in the Dallas area. Yeah. And uh, we love it there still, have a lot of friends there still. We Uh we still feel like we're we're connected to them. But, uh, But to have the opportunity to come to BYU... And to teach marriage and family on the preventative end yeah. instead of on the backside of right. trying to, to save people uh, was really appealing to me. I bet. Does, and how many kids do you have? 
We have eight. Did you bring them all? Did you leave some? No. So our kids are, you know, they're they're growing on us. So when we came here, uh, our oldest kids were in the process of getting married. There you go. So they were getting married and then going on missions. And so uh, anyway, so in the process of all that, we have two left at home when the fall starts. Do you starts. really? Yeah. Two <laughs> left at home. <sighs> How does that feel? Oh, it feels free and easy. Free now, yeah. Now life gets way easy. You're going to have all this extra money. Extra time. Extra time. You just come home, sit in your lazy boy. No discipline problems, right? <laughs> yeah. the, the two youngest have just learned vicariously by watching, right? Yeah. Don't mess around with dad. Don't make him. Don't make him. Don't make dad mad now that he's a BYU professor. Well, I think it's fascinating. Um, and again, as somebody, I was raised by a single parent. Uh, great my dad was still in my life it was so i had that benefit but the power of coming to a place like you know utah i was raised in utah so that was a pretty you know soft easy childhood yeah we used to play in the streets and you could leave your house unlocked uh but still a latchkey kid um but i had a mom that loved me and i had guys around me from my church that i knew cared and it does take a village, doesn't it? It does. Our, our young men need mentors in their yeah. life, you know, and that's one of the things that we're really missing today is uh, whether those come from church or sports or school or community, but we're missing those role models in yeah. their lives. Well, and as you're listening out there, you too can be a role model, right? I mean, every one of us can step up in the lives of our children and our children's friends. In fact, at my house yesterday, I had eight I had eight, no, ten people in addition to my family, and so which had uh, nine visitors. So we had 19 people at my house, and there's no way I wasn't going to be a part of their lives somehow. That's right. I was going to inject myself, even if they didn't want me to. We're going to take a break. More when we come back. We're going to keep talking with Dr. Mark Ogletree. Uh, he's going to be talking about boys in the media, things we need to be watching out for as parents to make sure we're growing healthier, happier, stronger boys, boys that can deal with their new future. The world's a change in folks, and uh, as parents, we've got to be parenting in order to strengthen that change. This is the Matt Townsend Show. More when we come back right here on BYU Radio. to the Matt Townsend Show. Today, we are broadcasting live uh, here at Brigham Young University from the Wilkinson Center, the Student Center, here on BYU campus in the middle of BYU Education Week. It's just actually kicking off here today. And Education Week, again, is a, it's just a beautiful, I think, experience where a bunch of people get together, 20,000, let's say, and they go to classes and they learn and they get experts from all over the country, all over the world, gather together and you can come and take a class in basically anything you want to learn about and today we've got one of the instructors dr mark ogletree is joining us he is an associate visiting professor uh here at brigham young university and he's he's an expert in marriage he's an expert in family he has a phd in family and human development from utah state university he's the author of many books first comes love is one book that he wrote with uh douglas brinley second book then comes marriage uh and then you know, he's teaching a class this week. How many times are you going to teach it, Mark? 
Well, this class runs uh, Tuesday through Friday. And then I have other classes. Yeah. I teach on marriage and some other topics. You're a busy well. man. The, the one class you're teaching, which is what we wanted to talk to you about, is raising boys to be responsible men. Now, how do they get you? Do they say, okay, Mark will know how to do that. And then they bring Mark in. And Mark comes in. I like, wish it was that way. Yeah, so I, I actually submitted that topic. It's been a great. topic that I've been researching and writing on for the last year. And thought we had enough uh, enough good information that people would be interested yeah. in. So, does uh, so? What are you learning? What What are some of the things you're teaching? I mean, I know one of the things I wanted to make sure I talked to you about was the media because I sit and I look at my boys. So raising boys to be responsible men means I somehow have to either steal back their iPhones and iPads, or somehow block their their Wi-Fi channel. <laughs> Are you noticing media making a big impact on the boys? Media has a huge impact. Everything from their cell phones to to the video games that they play. There's research that shows that uh, that uh, 99% of boys play video games today. Are you 99%? Pretty much, that's pretty much everybody, right? Yeah. And then a lot of them are playing two and three hours a day. A lot of them are you know, playing games at night. Um, they're on their cell phones at night. In fact, uh, a lot of uh, there's some also some great research on how often people check their cell phones. Sometimes 150 times a day. Are you kidding? These kids are t- uh, some of these boys are uh, uh, checking their phones at night. They're ringing at three in the morning. No, I've seen that with my kids. So I have a. a uh, an experience I remember from my counseling practice in Dallas, but there was a, a great young man who was a high school athlete there who uh, had a girlfriend, and uh, they were just talking on their phone till you know, 3, 4 in yeah. the morning every every night. He was failing school. He yeah. lost a scholarship in track, you know. Oh. It, you know, and I, I understand that's an extreme example, but that's kind of the grip well, and the addiction that they're uh, wrapped up in with these with the media. Well, and we, you know, a, a normal parent would say, no, be home by midnight, be home by 10. So he's home by 10, and then he goes up to his room and, oh, what a cute boy. He's going to bed. But really, he's, he's on out. the phone for another five <laughs> hours. They that's don't right. need to sneak out. They can text. They can chat. They can FaceTime. They're sending pictures now. That's creating problems. There's a lot of stuff about technology, and it seems like we don't even have a clue we what, don't. what it's going to do long term. Part of that cell phone culture or that media culture breeds a lot of sneakiness, uh-huh. you know, is what I call it. Yeah. Because back in the day, as you know, as we oh, talked yeah. about when we were, if you wanted to call a girl when we were 16, you were sitting there in the family room That's with right. seven people you watching that? you. Right. Oh, yeah. And a line stuck. You're stuck to the wall. You can't get away. That's right. And now, you know, you you uh, you drive up in your driveway at midnight and there's one of your kids out on the front lawn talking to who knows who. It's you know, so true. Well, and then all of a sudden, you also have two generations. So those that were raised on the, the rotary and those that are <laughs> raised on the iPhone, and I don't think the two get each other. No. like I, It's almost like we trust our kids to just know not to do something. But they need they need more guidance, it seems like, don't they? You know, on, on that, Matt, one of the things I talk a lot about is I remember when I was in third grade, uh, an uncle let me ride a motorcycle, and I had no clue. He asked me if I could do it, and I said, sure. oh, yeah, I got this. And as soon as I gave it the gas, I just ran right into the house, you know. <laughs> but I often think that's oh. kind of what we're doing with it when we hand yeah. our teenagers this media, is we're handing them something that's so powerful, they, they can't even control it themselves, oh, yeah. you know. Well, how, yeah. It takes so much discipline. That's right. Well, it's also designed, it's written, and it's created by adults in order to basically, I'm assuming, keep the child engaged in the medium so that they can keep 
marketing to the child in the medium. I mean, every one of these apps that they're playing basically are designed to keep them coming back and keep advertising going in front of them. So a lot of the media, you know, I mean, it seems like it even sets weird or maybe un healthy paradigms for boys about what girls are for. Right. I mean, they're human beings. They're not here to be, you know, portrayed in any other way than a healthy human. But I don't know. It just seems like it's a weird, I don't know. It's unfair how we're, how boys, how women are portrayed sometimes in the media and how little the boys even know they're being marketed to. Right. And that's why parents, I think, have a huge role and responsibility to uh, to monitor if we're just talking about cell phones, but you know parents need to be checking those phones and they need to have them turned it at night and yeah. you know things like that. Parents need to monitor uh, video game use, you know, and uh, the amount of time that they spend and all these other media activities. Because I do, I think we've given them free reign in oh, a lot yeah. of cases and trust them. But once again, it's such a power. It's such a powerful medium that they they can't control themselves. Can, can you get addicted to a video game? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I, in fact, isn't it a, a, a DSM four or oh, five yeah. diagnosis now? Uh, yeah, it video is. game addictions. You or can something? now do it. What What would you say? You know, what's the negative effect of a video game? I mean, when, it seems like it's a video game. That's how they always downplay. It. It's a video game. I remember one time I was seeing a family in counseling, and their their eleven year old son was having nightmares, and we started going through the checklist of where, where, where is this coming from. And found out that uh, it was the video games that he was playing, you know. So aside from how they're being influenced by what they see and interact with, uh, the complete lack of socialization, you know, or the ability to converse uh, has been lost now. Oh, yeah. So maybe that's it, I guess, is so instead of a video game, the parent might need to interact with their kid. (laughs) Because it's so easy to let them go play games. And then you've got all this free time. Yeah, now you've got two hours to get something done, Mm -hmm. right? But instead, I guess, parents, we need to pick up our game and do stuff with them. You know, we, I'm even aware of students who have gone to college. Their, their parents restricted their game use in uh-huh. high school. Oh, yeah. So they come, they come to college now without any, uh, any parental monitoring. Uh-huh. And now they're up till 4 in the morning playing video games. They don't have any self-control. Have no self-control. And they actually, you know, fail out of, fail out of their freshman year of college. No, I've I seen know. it. Oh, I have too. Yeah. I, I've seen a guy <laughs> pretend to go to school for a year. And take out student loans and get horrible grades and, though, get higher and higher and higher on this video game till he, like, had a really high rating on this video game, yeah. which won't get him anywhere. Isn't it he's king of the universe yeah, now, though, but right? he's king of the world. <laughs> you know, and then they'll tell you, well, you know, that in the military, they're flying drones. These guys that play video games are flying drones. Okay, that's great for those 12. Yeah, those 12 guys in the world. But for yeah. the rest that now can't graduate, now can't pass a class, it's. I mean, it really just becomes an anesthetic, doesn't it? They're just numbing themselves. They're numbing themselves. They may be medicating something. And then a bigger problem is now they carry that in with them into adulthood. And so actually today the largest consumer of video games is like 18 to 34 year old men interesting so now millennials we were just talking (laughs) so now it's impacting marriages and family and parenting and everything oh man well not to mention media and pornography it seems like a natural little segue between you know if you can get absorbed in a video game you could just as easily get absorbed in pornography oh yeah and then what I mean, that's a hard treatment. You've seen that. Well, and yeah, and they, uh, many, so many of our young people think that they can handle that on their own without professional help, but that's an addiction. 
just like alcohol or drug yeah. use, and there's just no possible way they're going to be able to make it through that if, if they're addicted. What do you suggest uh, we do as parents so that we don't, I guess, play the heavy hand, but we also don't just sit by while they get in trouble? I think parents have to be involved for starters, you know, and especially fathers and sons. You know, if we're talking about boys, boys have lost that, that connection with dads, yeah. you know, in the last few years, and that needs to be uh, restored again. That relationship uh, is crucial to their healthy development. So, so time with parents is huge. Of course, we monitor media use. I know in our family, we always tried to have a rule that if you want media time, you gotta, you gotta do something else first. If right. you want to earn media time, an hour of media time, that's gonna be an hour of reading this book or an yeah. hour of chores. Or so have it a way to earn it. Kind of a time for time, yeah, kind of program. I love that. Do, yeah. what, what, do you have a limit on what, how much media time you'd allow your kids? Well, I, w- I would feel very uncomfortable if it was more than an hour yeah. a day myself. Yeah. Uh, because to me, if they have that much time uh, to spend talking to friends or whatever they're doing, then I have a garage they can clean yeah. and a fence they can paint. Oh, no, I love that. A few things like that. So, <laughs> Yeah, they won't love that, but yeah. whatever, because they need to learn it. Well, let's do this. We're going to continue our discussion with Dr. Mark Ogletree. When we come back, he's going to talk about parenting and the roles as parents, how we should step up, how we need to pick up our game a little bit. You can't just leave it up to the kids anymore, for heaven's sakes. More with Dr. Mark Ogletree, Associate Visiting Professor here at Brigham. Young University right after this break on the Matt Townsend Show. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we are talking about raising your boys... You know, that doesn't always mean they're harder to raise or easier to raise, but we need to focus maybe in a different way on our boys. So we decided to bring in an expert. Dr. Mark Ogletree is joining us. And again, we are at uh, the Wilkinson Center uh, Student Center here at Brigham Young University. It's the beginning, the kickoff day of Education Week here at Brigham Young University. And uh, Dr. Mark Ogletree is teaching a class called Raising Boys to be Responsible Men. And uh, as part of that, he's written books on marriage. He's written books on, you know, on parenting. So now he's going to teach us how to parent. Mark, welcome back. Hey, Matt, thanks. Thanks for joining us. We really, um, parenting's hard anyway. And it seems like, I, and I, I feel like I'm tech savvy. I'm a smart, I'm hip. I'm hip. But my kids, I have a nine-year-old that runs circles around me in technology. And he's begging, he's actually 10, he's begging for an iPhone. And I, or just a phone, really. I don't, and I don't, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. But he's going to try every way from here to China to get me to buy him a phone. What do we do? And what mistakes do you think we're making with this generation? I think the biggest mistake is the, is the coddling and the hovering and, and the low expectations. You know, a, a cardinal rule in parenting is that you don't ever do anything for your children that they can do themselves. Oh, I love that. Hold on. Say that again. You don't ever do anything for your children that they can do themselves. Yeah. You know, and so how, you know, how that translates, I'm sure, is, is personal in every home. But but so many of our parents are, have just coddled our oh. kids to death today to the point where we have young men who... who uh, 
who go into the mission field, yeah. for example, or to college or yeah. to whatever, and they've uh, they've never worked a day of their life. They don't have any coping skills. They don't. They don't have. Some of them don't have any skills to just innovate to solve, to problem solve, they don't need to because mom takes care of it. We call it bubble wrap. They've been bubble wrapped. Yeah. So one of the things I think if you're asking for suggestions on what we do is that our, we have to toughen our young men up. We've got to toughen them up and they have to do hard things. Yeah. And one of the great things that I think that builds self-worth uh, in their lives is when they do hard things and they recognize that they can do some things that they thought they never could do before. Right. Parents have a responsibility to help their children find what those gifts and talents are. Yeah. And and help them hit the home run. I mean, they've that's huge. W- whatever that is, yeah. you know. And, and help them because that's not easy to know what you're good at. Have you ever been to that? Uh, if you go to Penn State and look up character strengths assessment, they have a great assessment at Penn State on um, your strengths and it'll identify your top 25 character strengths and so if anybody goes and googles that but i did that with my kids and it is the most amazing thing because now we're having discussions about what your character is right and what it isn't and what your top five strengths are versus your bottom five so if if self-discipline isn't your strength it's one of your lower, but you have other strengths. Let's start with what you have. Let's start there, and then let's go down and work on the others. But it created, right. a, it created a direction for one of my kids that he didn't have. Right. And that's just any parent can do that. That's right. Yeah. And that's our responsibility. You know, I think that's a great parental responsibility. Uh-huh. That's part of what parenting is, is to help them find their thing, you know, and guide and them that way. And don't be, you don't have to be the naysayer. You don't have to blow up everything you don't like. But learn from it. If they keep bringing up they want to do this, I want to be a cop, Dad. I really want to be a cop. And you're like, no way. People die when they're cops and they'll never make enough money. But that very statement, they want to be a cop, is theirs. They're motivated. It's telling you something. Yeah. So start there. What is it about being a cop, son? And listen. Yeah. Listen is huge. I, you know, I, that really is probably one of the most important parent roles then, right? Is not just, I guess, listening is essential and also helping them find who they are. Helping them find their identity. Yeah. Exactly right. Toughening up the male too. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So a couple other ideas is, is connection is huge. I mean, we, we can't have any influence as parents if we don't have a relationship. Yeah. Uh, with our kids and that needs to be a one-on-one kind of thing where we you know I have children in my home where I think that we're connecting and they'll say dad I I don't like golfing you know or whatever oh shush we we never do do. anything together try harder (laughs) you know Uh, so we have to connect at their level you know for sure they need regulation they need rules Uh, you know they need structure and guidance in fact, a lot of, there's a lot of research that will tell us that children who grew up without that kind of discipline wish they would have had more of it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then they need some autonomy. You know, yeah. they need to have some independence and, and to do, you know, some things on their own, their own way, you know, and have some of their own beliefs and values. And, and we need to listen to be open to that. What do you think about the dad? I think of a lot of the dads that might be listening, maybe they're a truck driver, they're out traveling around. Um, what can they do? Because it seems like some of this needs to be done there at yeah. home, but some of it can you use done through technology. I mean, you have a phone. And that's one of the great advantages to the technology yeah. that we don't talk about so much. But now we have uh, a great uh, tool that uh, fathers can be plugged in every night with their families or even during the day through FaceTime or yeah. Skype or yeah, something yeah. like that. And then when they are home, they need to make that time count, you yeah. know, and... 
and uh, engage with their kids and, 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 and be with them. What do you think about the, uh, one of the things I run into, and I don't know why, I th- it might just be my background, because my wife likes to defer to me to have the big talks, the sensitive issues. I don't know how come. <laughs> But I, it's okay. I'm okay with it. Somebody's got to do it. But so, what advice do you give dads about having the the sensitive talks, the big issue talks? To be courageous. You know, I I have a I, I teach a class. You know, uh, here at BYU on marriage and family relationships. And one of our uh, you know topics that we talk about is intimacy and marriage. Yeah. One of the questions I ask every semester is, I'll say, how many of you had the talk with your parents? Raise your hand. And always. Maybe 10 kids have had Holy that talk. Cow. Really? You know, and these are from faithful, devoted yeah. families, you know, where that kind of talk isn't happening. And right. so it's, it's, it's man up, buck up, let's have the courage, and let's have those hard talks. It's, uh, it's interesting, though. My, it's become a rite of passage in my family. So when my kids know, oh, dad's taking you to do the talk. So I'm down to one left. I have one left. And it's interesting. Normally, we would have had it by eight. He's now nine. But I'm thinking, oh, I could just probably forego this one. (laughs) (laughs) But then, no, no. And then I'll have more. You know, you can't just have it once. You got that it. You that gotta, opens up a dialogue, right. doesn't it, for, for further conversations. I remember that first talk with my son. I wanted to make that a, something that he would always remember. And oh, so yeah. we, we drove somewhere far away so that he could remember that. But that continued throughout his adolescence. And then uh, just before he was married, we had another talk. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. We, I, I do it. I take him to a restaurant. Yeah. But what I've learned is I've actually ruined five restaurants for five kids. So, so now now they're like, association. I will never go back to that restaurant again. <laughs> That's got too strong of an association, Dad. Well, I think it's powerful. Um, but, you know, part of it, too, is as parents, we're kind of wimpy. What do we do? What, what would you suggest for parents to, to be a little stronger? How do we know when we push the limit? on the kids because most of us seem like I think we're bailing out way before we are even near the end, the edge of the limit you know it's interesting Matt guys like us when I say guys like us guys in the field that visit with these families you know 10 or 20 years ago we were talking to people about about authoritarian parenting and yeah. backing off and you're too strong and now you don't see that ever I right. mean it's all about laid back lazy uh, wimpy uh, laissez-faire type uh, you know parenting and so yeah I think a lot of parents are more interested in being popular than uh-huh. being parents and uh, that's a huge problem because uh, what happens often is, and I've seen it, I could give example after example of parents that, in the name of popularity, just lost their kid yeah. to crazy stuff. And so can't be afraid to be parents. No. You know, you gotta, there's got to be rules and there's got to be a relationship. Yeah, well, that's your role, right? I mean, that's the role that no one else can play. They can have friends, but they're not going to have a dad. They're not going right. to have a mom that's gonna, that can push. Right. What... Uh, what about, and how do you, can you give us some tips for how to get them talking? I always hear moms telling me, my son won't open up. And in my head, half the time, I'm like, well, yeah, of course he won't. <laughs> he's a boy, and he's happy not opening up. But it, it devastates her. So is there anything, anything tricks you've learned in raising a boy that might get him to open up more or a way to get into getting him talking? 
There's a, there's an experience that I always tell people in my counseling office that I always remember, but it was the day that my mom taught me not to talk to her. <laughs> and it was the day that I came home and told her what me and some friends had done for a prank. We put Mr. Bubbles in a waterfall in front of a oh, subdivision. Wow. Yeah. And she lit me up, and I remember saying to myself, I just learned to never tell her anything again. Mental note. (laughs) Yeah, mental note. Note to self. Never talk to mom again. (laughs) But anyway, I think one of the things that we we do is we... A lot of boys don't like to be pushed when yeah. it comes to communication. It kind of has to come out. And so a lot of, especially moms, really want to force that. They really want to push it yeah. hard. And it really just turns their son off. And so boys connect by doing. Girls connect by talking. Boys connect by doing. And so if you, we, want, we want boys to talk, we got to do something with them. Yeah. Take them out and shoot some guns or That's right. uh, shoot some, you know, hit some golf balls or, or do something different. Go do something that they like to do. They'll talk. Well, and it's almost like they, if you don't make talking the goal. Yeah. So if you go make doing the goal, then talking, they don't even know is on the radar. That's the natural outgrowth of that, right? You've tricked them. That's right. The bait and switch, we call (laughs) it. That's nothing wrong with that. Hey, as we have to wrap this up, again, uh, we're talking with Dr. Mark Ogletree. And you can go to his website, markogletree.com. Ogle is O-G-L-E-T-R-E-E, Ogletree. Dot com. Talk about one thing. We've got about 30 seconds. What's the one thing that as parents we need to do better? I think as parents we need to be more involved and, uh, and you know, have those hard talks with our kids for yeah. sure and expect them to do miraculous, wonderful, incredible things because they're capable of doing that. I love it. <laughs> expect it and be connected. Stay closer. Dr. Mark Ogletree, thank you, and best of luck with your classes here at Education Week. Matt, and thanks so much. Thanks for joining us. We're going to take a break, folks. When we, gonna co- when we come back, we're going to continue this discussion on uh, raising boys, and uh, you're eventually going to get our stories, some of the great stories from each of us here at the Matt Townsend Show about how we snuck through. Thanks for joining us after the break. More right here on the Matt Townsend Show. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your coach, your guide on the side. Welcome to the program, everybody. Today, broadcasting to you live from the Wilkinson Student Center at Brigham Young University. It's Education Week here on campus, which means we bring in a lot of people to listen to a lot of teachers learn a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Booyah! Yep. I said booyah a lot today. <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, on the uh, on the show today, Alyssa's joining us. Alyssa right. and Hello. Uh, and you know what else? James is back in studio. James, are you listening to the show? Yes, I am. Asleep? No, I'm James right here. Is, now, James, let's just be real. Let's tell them why we don't let you come down here. Uh, James, you're in the studio. We are out amongst the people. Tell them the truth. Why, James? James? Why? My parole officer doesn't allow it. Exactly. James has a parole issue and is not allowed legally anywhere near BYU campus. I don't think he can leave the BYU Broadcasting Building. He has to (laughs) stay there, sleep there. Well, so bad. He can't. Gets food sent to him. Yeah, I sleep under this desk, under the board that I work (laughs) with. Yeah. Is that why you always have your sleeping bag? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's why. He's prepared. By the way, just so you know, that's creepy. Eh. Anybody that walks around with a sleeping bag on or near a BYU or, or any campus, it's Where's a like little a backpack? Weird. 
Yeah, he wears a backpack. <laughs> well, I would, I would be happy for you to talk to my parole officer, tell him that's yeah. unacceptable okay. living standards. Yeah. And hey, send him by. Yeah, I, oh, I will. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, they have to. Yeah, <laughs> we're down. Yeah, we're not near you, so he can't help you. Sorry. Oh. So um, here's the deal. And Alyssa, this is important because, Alyssa, you've dated a lot of people. Oh, my gosh. What does that even mean? Alyssa has dated tens of thousands of people. Yep. That high. The number is that high. That sounds so bad. Let's just say Alyssa has... Oh, wow. She's made her rounds. That sounds awful. That does sound horrible, but it's not true. But here's what you've done. You you know, raising boys can be a big endeavor. It's hard for parents, you know, because they have a fascination for jumping off things to their adorable refusal to eat vegetables. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's hard. So here's the deal. You've put together a list. I have. I, I guess through based on your dating? No. Okay, good. Just based on life Just, of yeah. what parents should be teaching their yeah. boys. Uh-huh. And by the way, Alyssa knows. Did you have brothers? I do. I have three brothers. So you know. Yeah. So this is experience. what you wanted your mom and dad to teach your brothers. Mm-hmm. And this is what every parent out there should be learning yes. or teaching their kids. What? Yes. Give us give us your list. Okay. The top one, and this is obvious, how to treat a lady. Yes. Right? Ah. See, I was raised by all women, so that's all I ever heard. Yeah. I guess you can yeah. get a little too much of it, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You yeah. totally can. Opening the door, and, pulling and out the chair. Are, are you listening to this, James? Yes, I am. Now, I would say Aaron. I'd bring Aaron on, but Aaron already knows how to treat a lady. Aaron yeah. got a woman. Work in progress. Yeah. Married. Aaron. Learning every day. Yeah. But you, James, are another story. Well, you do have to remember, though, that I am a professional with these things because I do have a, a PhD in passion. Just saying. <laughs> that sounds so much cooler here. Hey, than by the, the way, studio. Yeah, what's with the whip? That was because me winking. if you were actually, if you were treating somebody nicely, you wouldn't need a whip. No, that's the sound of my eye winking, and oh, it's that's just, right. that's it's just really oh intense. Gosh. A <laughs> creepy catch. eye wink. Good so, catch. Alyssa, that's an important thing, how yes. to, that we should treat you well. And, yes. And give us one example of what that would look like. You know, I think just listening to the person. Here, Here's a good example. Have you seen the video, It's Not About the Nail? Yes. Okay, that's a perfect example. Okay, but that's confusing. Uh, that is confusing. Because it is but about I the think, nail. Yeah, it is about the nail. It's hilarious. She's going to die. It's all about but, the nail. But I think the biggest thing is to be open yeah. and listen to the what the girl has to say, and then you can tell her what you think, how yeah. you feel. You don't have to lie to her. You don't have to agree with that's her. That's right. You just need to kind of listen. you got to understand. you got to care. Yeah, yeah. I right. think that's great. See, that's right. a great. Yeah. So that's a that's an important thing parents could teach their kids. Give us exactly. another. What else should parents okay. be teaching their boys? Um, this is my personal favorite, how to play sports. Really? Yeah. Why? I just think it's really attractive when a guy can play a sport. Really? Preferably all sports, but yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, they've got to be able to catch a ball. Yeah. I shouldn't be better at playing football, basketball, baseball than a boy. But what if what if I'm not, like, the ball type, but I'm really just smart? I well, don't need a sport okay. then. That takes me to my next point, actually. Um, they need to know how to participate in something they're not confident in. Yes. So if you're not good at it, then just be willing to try. Try, try to throw the ball. That's try a good, to mess that's a around. Great one. And, yeah. Because then that's how you're going to learn to get good at stuff. Right. But right. what if you're only wanting to participate in something you can dominate? That's not yeah, good. that's that's a tough one. Because sports, you know, one thing it's I guess basketball or whatever, but uh, you could also be somebody that uh, likes to climb and likes right. to mountain athletic, bike and yeah. be yeah, it but that's have still to athletic. Be with the ball yeah. or that's good. throwing things around, right? What else do they need to teach? Okay, they need to teach their sons how to present themselves. 
Yes. Yes. Like how to speak and how to talk yeah. or how, and how and to dress appropriately. Have a conversation, be able to look someone in the eye, uh-huh. feel good about themselves, not feel inferior talking mm. to someone. You know, I think with people, um, with what you were talking about with Ogletree earlier is just that we have a lot of social media, we have a lot of, you know, technology going on, and the biggest thing is just realizing we need to form the relationships, yeah. we need to learn how to converse oh, yeah. with other people face-to-face, yeah. See, right? it's funny, because I would take that for granted, but again, being raised with four women in my house, that was yeah. a very big topic of conversation. Right. Did you open the door for her? What did you say? Right. How did you ask her? How did you <laughs> say asked, sorry? Yeah, how did you yeah. turn her down? How uh-huh. did, and, oh, and they drilled How did you turn her down? They drilled me on it. <laughs> Matt, you yeah. turned girls down. You oh, yeah. broke the heart. Oh, yeah. You can turn people down the wrong way. You, oh, yeah. have to do you can. You have to be nice. That oh, yeah. is true. Sometimes girls will just like their solution is to maybe ignore. But I like it when they just say, you know, I'm not interested. Yeah, you got it. Uh, what, do you, what do you think about that? Oh, I agree. I hate that's when a girls hard one. lead boys just on. Just say what you you're thinking. You just got to say, you know what? I want to be your friend. That's it. See, that's what parents need to teach girls. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't lead guys girls on. Girls are trying to be nice and not yeah. hurt the guy's feeling. Oh, my gosh. See, but those think of those. Those are all just conversations. Right, right. Look how important that is to a, a, a young woman who's looking to get married. <laughs> right. <laughs> that sounds bad, but okay. no. Okay, keep going. Keep okay, going. Okay, so the next thing, they need to know how to be a self-starter. Yes. Nothing and, worse than an unmotivated Right. And person. I understand. you got to relax. You, gotta, you can watch your TV. You can read your book, whatever. But you need to know, when it comes down to it, how do I you know, motivate myself to uh-huh. get started on something? And I think with video games, boys are getting caught up and, well, I don't want to do that. I'm yeah. kind of just too lazy. Yeah. And not all boys are like no. that. No, no, I'm no. not saying they are. But they need to be able to be self-starters. But you need to be as aggressive uh, at life and tackling life and scoring points in life as you are at scoring points right. on your video game. Yeah, the stars and the bonus yeah. points. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very good. Yeah. Give us some more. What else do parents need to teach their young men? Okay, so here's one. Um, how to be happy for others. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I think this one's a little hard for boys just because when they're playing sports, for example, and they they lose the basketball game. How are you happy for someone? Yeah. How do you lose? Oh, yeah. But you know who are the worst sports? Sometimes the worst sports are the parents. Right. It's it's that walk out of a sporting event that your kids were were participating in and then watching the dad still fighting about it. Yeah, and that's why it's so important. They have you as a role model. They need your help. Mm -hmm. Maybe we need to teach the parents that, the dads that, and then the dads can teach their sons. Okay, there we go. Give us one more. What's the the grand finale? Okay, so the last one is boys need to know how to deal with their emotions. Yes, hold it. Emotions? Yes, emotions. Ooh, I said the word. Ah, Gross. What's uh, emotions? Shemotions. <laughs> yeah. What do we need well, to know? I think the biggest thing is men are like, they try to be macho. They, they don't want to cry in front of people. And I'm not saying you have to. Yeah. But you need to be able to talk about why you're mad, why you're angry, why you're happy. Uh-huh. You Instead know? of walking away when you're angry yeah. or blowing up when you're angry, uh-huh. we have to learn to talk about our emotions. Right. And That's I think saying. just it's more important with boys than girls because girls usually naturally let themselves oh, yeah. go and you yeah. know tell tell yeah. each other how they feel so well see and because then that that's the rub because then the guys are like oh she's always crying uh-huh. but emotions yeah. are a, they're really a really important indicator in communication yeah i trust people's emotions more than i trust anything else that's true i don't that's trust their point. words i trust their emotion yeah when i see that's the emotion actually feel yeah, then i uh-huh. know then i know what's really going on yeah man Alyssa. 
You nailed it. Thank you. It's almost like this is like the perfect to do thing. This is the this is everything every parent needs to get their kids to do in order for you to have better dates. <laughs> oh my gosh, Alyssa Let's Banks. Make it all about me. <laughs> it's all about Alyssa. No, that's great. That was seriously great advice. <laughs> Thank you. And as you. a father, those are important for me to hear. Uh, James, did you get all those? Yeah, I'm, I'm taking notes. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, just make sure your parents teach you that sometime. Eventually. Yeah. But you also, you're the doctor of passion. So you're James is half. great. He, he is. Knows. He really is. He yeah. really is incredible. Yeah. And his heart's very open. And again, it doesn't matter what your parole officer says. Because they're, right. they, they're not always right. Right. You I, can be on parole and be a good person. Thank you, Matt. I appreciate that. You bet, James. Means I'm a here lot. for you, brother. <laughs> uh, anyway, we're going to take a break. When we come back, more fun. Dr. Paul Jenkins is going to be joining us. He is going to, uh, you know, I think we're going to continue this discussion. He's done a ton of work, ton of therapy. He's a clinical psychologist extraordinaire. More after the show. You're listening to the Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, today we're talking about raising boys, and we are uh, live at the Wilkinson Student Center on Brigham Young University's campus. It's Education Week, meaning on campus, tens of thousands of people gather. They go to classes, and uh, there's experts, classes on parenting, classes on marriage, on family, on Old Testament, on New Testament, you name it, it's all on campus here. And so we are broadcasting live as we talk about raising uh, boys and raising our children. Really, it's a big, big, big deal. It's a big opportunity, I think, for um, you know, for people at Brigham Young, but we're gonna take advantage of it and get some of these experts on the phone with us. Uh, our, today, though, an old friend is coming back to the show, somebody we've had on the show many, many times. Dr. Paul Jenkins is his name. He uh, has a PhD in psychology and philosophy from Brigham Young University. He's the author of uh, an upcoming book and a radio program called Live on Purpose. And uh, Dr. Paul Jenkins, he's back in the studio with James. Uh, Dr. P, are you there? I am here, Matt. Hi. Hi, how are you? Are you ba- are you uh, are you uh, babysitting James? I am, and he's he doing okay? very well. Yes, we're talking about raising boys, so you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did it you see that? Fits. Hey, uh, he's not playing with a lighter, is he? A lot of times he carries lighters around and he plays with them. <laughs> I think he's clean today. Okay, good. Keep it. <laughs> get the lighter out of his hand. Just shake him down. Okay. It's just you know, yep, his parole officer said we could do that. <laughs> hey, uh, Doctor P, what's the name of the book? Upcoming book, soon to be released. You know, upcoming and soon to be released. I've actually got a copy right here for you, Matt. Are you kidding me? It, it, I came to the studio. Yeah. Not knowing that you would be down there in the fun of Education Week. I know it. It, it bums me out because this would have been really fun for you to see. So it is no longer upcoming. It is out and available. Holy cow. Okay, what's the name of it? It's called Pathological Positivity. Holy cow, that's a lot of peas. And there is a .com for that, pathologicalpositivity.com. That's where people can find it. Wow, pathologicalpositivity.com. Is it, is, you're done. The, The baby's out. It is, I've got a copy for you. Have you recovered? Personalized and autographed. From writing the book. (laughs) Not yet. 
Not yet. You know that that takes decades. Oh, no. Do you have <laughs> see see? Do you have regrets already? Like, uh, you know what, Matt? I've got the second one already drafted. I know. I know. It's I know. just it's craziness. See, that's the human. That's the human nature, right there. Right. I there. guess, or people like you and me. Yeah, we're neurotic. Yeah. Hey, well, congrats on the book, Thank Pathological you. Positivity. Are you going to? Uh, Teach us, because here we sit. Today we've been talking about parenting boys. Right. Now, you have some boys. I've got three. Wow. And they've all successfully made it to adulthood, so whatever that means. None of them are in trouble. None of them are too far out of line. Although, what would that say about me as a parent? You know, yeah. Right? Yeah, because that's one of the problems we have as parents is... Whether they're in line or out of line, our egos are so involved in this. Right. And we end up judging ourselves based on the choices of our children. But that's that's not quite fair. No. No. I know a lot of really great parents whose kids are kind of goofy. Oh. and you know and my, what? my parents, by the way, my parents, they've got a son that is messed up. I know, right? Yeah. So there's a good example right there. But yeah. then it goes the other way, too. You know, parents are kind of goofy, but their kids are pretty cool. Yeah, exactly. So, so you're not destined to be what your parents are. No, no, no. Now, the, how we parent our children absolutely has something to do with how they do, how successful they are, what kind of experience they have in life. It absolutely has something to do with it, but probably not as much as we feel that it does when we judge ourselves so harshly as a parent. Isn't that interesting? It does make a difference, but probably not as big as we think. Right. Exactly. Unless they're turning out great, then it makes a huge difference. Oh, and then we'll take all the credit for it, right? Yeah. Yeah. We're so, we're, isn't that interesting? We're so willing to play it one way. It's like how many but, Eagle Scout awards does this mom have? Oh, yeah, exactly. You know, but when I, you really think about it, it's not about the parents anyway. It's about launching your child to have a, a shot in dealing in this world. Right. Yeah, set them up to succeed. But whether they do or not is up to them. I was thinking about that. Have you seen the movie Nanny McPhee? No. It's it's pretty good, actually. Is it? It's about this nanny that comes into town, and she's just ugly and scary, you know. <laughs> and, and, and that improves over the course of the movie. But she says, I have five lessons to teach these children. What they learn is up to them. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can only teach it. Right. And our responsibility as a them. parent, first of all, is to love our kids. And then because we love them, we have a responsibility to teach them. Now, what they learn is up to them, but that's the difference. Well, have you tried to force your child to learn something? Oh, yeah. Well, that's an interesting prospect, isn't it? I mean, even the thought of just saying it that way. Like, how how do you, like, everyone's like, so how do I get my kids to do this? I will teach you this. Yeah. Yeah. How do I make sure that my kids, whatever. But her first lesson, though, is you just love them. Uh, right. But what if they're really doing something wrong, Paul? Yeah. What if they're really messing it up? Then it's a little harder to do your job to love them. Yeah. But it's still your job. And it's still your first lesson. And it's a no matter what and even if. I, I play this game with parents all the time where we talk about, okay, will you love them even if they go to jail? Yeah. Yeah. Even if they get strung out on drugs. 
even, even if, if they live your leave your faith even if they leave the faith even if they come home with their gay lover yeah even if no matter what right it's still your uh, job no matter what to love so them good. and that gives you some power as a parent i've got a program out that's called parental power of course, because it starts with peas, right? Yeah. What's the deal with you and peas? I don't know, Matt. I'm, I think I, it's just easier for you to pronounce. I need help. <laughs> we'll work on that next year. Don't worry. I'm getting some. So Yeah. <laughs> you need a therapist. Don't worry. I am one. But your parental power comes from your love. In fact, I think there's two things that give a parent authority. Okay? If you think about yeah. whether or not I have authority with my kids. One of them is love. It's, it's being seen as a provider of good times and good things. It's when, when that loving bond is there and it's unconditional. And then the second thing is that you can set and enforce limits. And yeah. you have to have both in order to have authority with a child. It's, to me, that's... So, so when you think of moral authority, mm-hmm. now you don't have to coerce me, but I'm going to follow you because I sense that you're unconditionally caring. Right. And I can sense that you have the character to set and enforce boundaries, guidelines, that you're predictable. Yeah. That's yeah, powerful. basically. And then the, the specific way you do that, there's all kinds of strategies and techniques that we can learn. I've, I've taught behavioral psychology now for 20 years and helping yeah. parents to come up with some strategies, you know, a, a technique or a tool that they can use. As long as it's couched in love, we have some really good results. Yeah. If we skip that part, it is no more than manipulation. And you might as well send your kids to boot camp. That's right. You know, it's no different, really, if you take the love out of it. Well, yeah, then what are you? Right. So I'm trying to motivate you without you feeling that I love you. Now, well, of course I love you. Hello. I raised you. Well, I, I guess that's just this assu- world. That's right. I can take you out. I guess that's assuming that's us assuming you care because you're you're still around, but you're right. saying you need you need more authority than just assumed authority. Right. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. Good stuff. We're not very good at that, are we? <laughs> well, there's a lot of things that distract us. Yeah. You know what I think the biggest distractor is for parents? What? We get it in our head that our job is to make sure that they... Yeah. Whatever. I mean, fill in the blanks. Make sure that they... They graduate, that they... Yeah. Make sure that they're decent citizens. Make sure that they behave themselves. Make sure that they finish school with decent grades. Whatever it is. Really? Can we even do that? Is that possible? No. You can't. Right. See, that's why I think you've got it. distraction. Uh, again, we're talking with Dr. Paul Jenkins. you got to go to his website, drpauljenkins.com. He has a new book out, Pathological Positivity. By the way, it's an alliteration, two-piece. Yes. Pathological Positivity. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, he's going to keep teaching us about this problem we have as parents of the make-sure-that-they syndrome, where we're constantly trying to make sure that our kids are doing certain things. He's going to also keep teaching us how to influence our children, how to maybe improve our authority, our moral authority with them. This is the Matt Townsend Show. More when we come back right here on BYU Radio.
Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, today we are on the campus of Brigham Young University, sitting tight in the Wilkinson Student Center. It's BYU Education Week, which means there's educators everywhere, and we grab them, we bring them on the show, and we talk about topics, you know, so the rest of us can all benefit. Remember, that is the goal of the show, is to give you some tools, a leg up to deal with the crazy life that we all have to deal with. On the show, uh, you know, we've been talking about parenting, you know, children, boys. How do you make sure as a parent that you are the kind of parent that is going to elevate the life of your son, your child? Joining us uh, is uh, Paul Jenkins. Dr. PJ, we call him. If you go to drpauljenkins.com, you can read everything you've ever wanted to know about, you know, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Is that right, Paul? Especially... The pursuit of happiness. Yeah, that's never come up on your site, I don't think. Yeah. But you are now the author of the book Pathological Positivity. That is right. Now, just in a nutshell, just so we can get you know people out there knowing what this book's about, because I'm going to have you back and we're going to have to talk about pathological positivity. What What's the book about? You know, the short version is that this is the how and the why behind positive thinking. So you've heard it forever. Just think positive. Right? Yeah. This book gets into the how and the why behind it. So the psychology is there, but I've written it for the for the lay reader. It's not an yeah. academic book. It's it's very accessible to help you understand how your mind processes events and how you have some choice in how you perceive things. So uh, that's the huge. short version. Yeah. Well, that's a good. That's a great description and. It also sounds apropos to our topic today where we're talking yeah. parenting boys because that does take some, some pretty good positive psychology. Uh, absolutely. And you know what? Positive psychology is a huge tool in parenting. Yeah. Think about this for just a minute. In your own experience, and I would invite all of our listeners to just consider this for a minute. You've had bosses. You've had yeah. people who have been in authority over you, including parents. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. How are you likely to perform if you feel that they see you as good versus yeah. if they see you as bad or messed up or something's wrong with you? No, that's so true. So how they see you will impact how you want to uh, perform, how you want to move forward, right. how you want to handle things. Exactly. But if I, if I sense they think I'm messed up or I'm just a waste, mm-hmm. then I'll probably perform differently. Right. How do exactly. we do that, though? How do I, as a parent, stay that positive, stay that... I mean, instead mm-hmm. of just re- reacting to what they're doing, how do I keep thinking that way? Okay, so here's one of the basic tenets of psychology that helps us to understand this. Our perception is relative. Okay, is that sounding like Einstein now? Yeah, it is. It's relative. You're- In other words, we always compare our situation and our circumstances to something in order to make a judgment about it. So is this hard? Well, it's only hard compared to something easier. Yeah. Okay? It's only easy compared to something harder. Does that make sense? Well, and it's ex- exactly because I, it's easy for me to think or it's easy for me to want people to think positively about me. I mean, mm-hmm. relative to how I want it, it's, that, that impacts it as well. So I had a family in this week. Parents, 
with a teenage son. Okay, we're talking about raising boys. This fits. Right. And they were very, very upset because this son had a problem with pornography. Yeah. Okay, first of all, I'm shocked. Really? Pornography? Right. That never happens. Boy, yeah. Right? It's very, very common. So we had a conversation about this, and I asked the parents an important question. I said, what do you believe about this? Who makes mistakes or has weaknesses? And how do you think they answered it? Yeah. They got it. They say everyone. They nailed it. Okay? Everyone does. Of course they do. So then I asked him the next question, well, which, which weakness or misbehavior would you prefer that your son has? Oh, that's great. All right. And it kind of stumped him. They're like, oh, uh, oh. Uh. Yeah, would know. you rather that they're a crack addict? W- right. Would you rather that they're robbing the bank? Would you rather have, would you rather, have a problem yeah. with murder or yeah. incest or, right? I mean, pick something. And they realized probably for the first time, you know what? We'll take this. This is fine. This is, we're good. We'll take this, <laughs> right? And I'm not saying right. that you would, you would jump up and down and say, oh, yay, this is what my son's dealing with. What I'm saying is, let's get real about our assessment of it and realize we're comparing it to something. And if you compare your kids to some perfect standard where there is no weakness, Right. And there is no misbehavior. How are your kids going to look? Oh, yeah, not so good. Awful, right? Yeah, right. And it's an unrealistic standard to start with. But what if you were to take a moment and just feel some gratitude that your child, your son, is exactly where he is? Feeling some Mm. gratitude for that. What a good kid he is and how well he does so many things. And yeah, you know he's got this weakness, but... Which one would you want him to have? See, you know what it is, though, is they're not, it almost seems like they're comparing, because what I hear someone saying there, well, okay, great, whatever. I don't want him to be a crack addict, but he never would have been a crack addict. What I'm comparing him to is mm. what he should have been. Should. You know, what his potential could have brought. You know, what I mean? So then I'm, I'm comparing him today's, you know, realities to some hypothetical ideal for him. Right. Which is, again, it's it may not be real. It's it's, it's not real. It's, it's right. It's an imaginary standard that's not realistic or real. We might as well ask our kids to run to the horizon. Right. Exactly. And it's go not, catch the horizon. Yeah. Just go get it. Come on back. You know, as soon as you do that, then you'll be okay. Yeah. Wow. How discouraging is that going to be? No, totally. That is. But what a great question. Which problem would you rather? that they have yeah, and then make sure you don't get caught up into some future ideal that isn't real. Exactly. So we start with that and then we move forward to, I, I, I break this down into two parts. There's evaluation. That's where we're making the judgment. Is this good or bad? Yeah. We get ourselves in a place where we can see the positive. We start to feel grateful for what is. And then we move forward to the creation phase. Now, this is where we get to go create something that's even better than what we've already got. Right. Could it improve? So so the evaluation is to kind of see where we are. Mm -hmm. Creation is to kind of let's turn it into what we want it to be. And you do this with them. You don't do it for them. Well, I can't do it for them. No, but you can see parents trying to do it for them. Yeah, Yeah, honey, I've done some evaluation and creation for you, and I've decided that this is your future. Here's the upgrade that I'm planning for you. Yeah, how's yeah. that going to feel? 
If you'll just sit back and take the upgrade, I'm sure you'll enjoy it. <laughs> yes, this will it be It doesn't famous. work that way, does it? Not really. But we sure try. Isn't that funny? Uh, we, no. we all remember what it was like when our parents would just hound us. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden we're parents and we're hounding people. Right. We're hounding our children. But we do it because we love them. Or, Matt, you've worked a lot with couples, and how many of them are complaining, oh, you're not the person I married, but they've been trying for 20 years to change them. Yeah, that's right. It's insanity. It it is insanity. Talk about the the creation phase. What does that look like when I'm trying to create something new? And and here we have to be really careful because some things we control and other things we don't. Okay, that's yeah. another basic tenet of psychology. The quicker we figure that out, the easier life gets. Yeah. And so what if we're trying to change something that is under the control of someone else? Like them? Like our child, our teenager, our son, yeah. our daughter. Uh, that is a recipe for frustration. Okay. Yeah. So the upgrade might be instead of how do I make sure that my kid does this? How can I become a more inspiring parent? Yeah. Now, that's something I have a little bit of control over. That, that I can do something about. Yeah. And hopefully, if I can be a more inspiring parent, I may have more influence with my child. Oh, yeah. It's such a better approach, you know? Then, then mm-hmm. I can inspire them. Then maybe they'll come back to me and say, Dad, can we create something together? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Help me, Dad, can you help me with this? Yesterday I got to spend eight hours with one of my sons uh, on a project he's doing for an, 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 the first opening assembly at school. Oh, wow. And it was, it was awesome. And it was, ex, it was exhausting. But mm-hmm. at the end, we were closer, and I had more influence with him. Mm-hmm. And right. not, you know, but, you know, because it was we just the influence was the byproduct of spending time and him knowing I cared and then me just letting him be him. But right. uh, it's powerful. Right. Well, Dr. P, again, you're the mm-hmm. you're the man, the myth, the legend. Uh, give us the one thing as we wrap this up with our kids that we ought to remember uh, as we, you know, is this is it. This is your last shot to just teach us what we need to do. This is it. This is it. Don't blow Your this. job as a parent is to love them, no matter what and even if. I love that. That is such a cool line. No matter what and even if, we love them. Yeah. And, they, and we somehow have to express that so they get that. Yeah, but remember, it's not your job to make sure that they get no, it. No, but just keep trying till <laughs> yeah. we're seeing signs that they're picking it up if they can. Love them even if they don't ever believe that you do. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah. Big, big, big. Well, Dr. Paul, thank you. Thank you, Matt. And uh, leave the book. I want to read it. I'm I want to read it tonight. You. No, do. Come on down. I will do that. See Get you. on down here. All Again, right. thanks to Dr. Paul Jenkins. Everybody, go check out his website, drpauljenkins.com. Also, hey, you got to go get that new book, Pathological Positivity, which you can find at pathologicalpositivity.com. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about childhood memories, the good, the bad, the ugly. Plus, we have two special guests, very special guests, talent, talented people. And we're going to find out what happened to them when they were children and how they got messed up. Hey, this is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be back. More right here on BYU Radio.
Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, we're wrapping up the show. There's the hoedown music, which means, you know what? It's time to start dancing. Now, I don't know what the show mu- the music means, but we have got musicians extraordinaire. I mean, honestly, as I sit here, BYU Education Week, you, I sit here and a diva <laughs> and a divo who just gave me a dollar... Have 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 they've walked up now? I asked him to come earlier because Marvin Goldstein is here. Oh, he took his money back. Now give that back, you tightwad. And Vanessa Joy is here. Now, if you if you if you haven't these two performers, incredible. Marvin puts on a show like crazy. It's it's like no, you're out Marvin of control. Marvin is crazy. Oh, there there you go. Well, okay, it's out. It's out, folks. Marvin is crazy, but. Uh, you got to go to their websites. I want to get your websites out there so people can find it. VanessaJoy.net. So yes, you're so good. It's a brand new picture, by the way. And well, I don't know what happened here, but apparently you fell onto a bunch of trees. That's one of my modeling poses. Oh, I yes. thought you passed out. <laughs> it looks great, though. It's one to go see. It really is great. It makes it sounds like it's bad. It's beautiful. You do a great job. Marvin, on the other hand... He's on stage in his picture. Go to MarvinGoldstein.com, and he's no, on stage. No, no, Matt. He, he can't pick a he can't pick a piano. My new website is <laughs> Gentiles Are Us. <laughs> you always, Goldstein is is such a Gentile name. It is totally it's such a Gentile name. But you couldn't even choose a piano on your website. No, because they are none of them were on sale. <laughs> he's such a tight one. Is that why you gave me a crinkled up dollar and yeah. then you took it back? I, don't, I need the money. That's Go pathetic. ahead. That's you gotta pathetic. look out for this guy. I'm here for you. It's so much fun. So you're here at Education Week, and you've got classes for four weeks. Now, really, to a beautiful singer, not not just your voice is beautiful and you're beautiful, but you're an incredible singer, but you hang out with Marvin. Exactly. You're right. I I don't know why. It's It's because I don't play piano. I know. If I played piano, I wouldn't need him. Marvin, one of the best ever, I think, <laughs> piano players of all time. What would we call it? A pianist. But we got to get a really cool name. Other I would than, say. Other than Gentile. I would say. Uh, no, I would say the king of kosherness. <laughs> Something like that. The Mormon king of kosherness. The king of kosher. <laughs> well, together, I bet you put together a great the show. king of ham. Vanessa is amazing. I know. And I have been privileged for five years to travel in different parts of the world. And she sings. Uh, I perform. And you guys have been to Israel. You've been everywhere. All over you? Italy and Greece, um, into Turkey, Egypt. Egypt. Hey, when you start playing, does she just throw herself on top of the piano, <laughs> stretch out? No, start... she throws up on the piano. Does she? Well, that doesn't sound as nice. Okay. That sounds horrible. No, no, no. Thanks. She doesn't get on the piano. Does she, but I, I know. I've seen some of the videos. She's amazing. No, she's really good. The YouTube videos of you two together. Talk about, uh, hey, we have to talk about childhood memories. Okay. Because that's right. part of the show. But first tell us, you're, you're teaching classes here. Yes. About... What, what are you teaching? How to be a diva? Exactly. <laughs> no, I was saying that's Marvin. <laughs> now, what are you teaching? Because you're teaching music, music theory. What are you teaching? How to enjoy no, music? No, it's, it's, it's mostly performing and sing music. I'm singing music oh, that you're just... in my classes. And then I speak a little bit about um, different subjects, very various subjects, but mainly um, the power of music and yeah. what it can have in your life. And, that's huge. Yeah, totally huge. You can talk for eons about that well, I know. apparently you guys are talking for <laughs> four days yes well, Matt, the, the appeal of the music classes in the 11 hours that were involved 
is that there are very few classes with music at any thousand classes. Yeah, yeah. But the idea is that music is perhaps the most powerful language and a lesson that anybody's going to learn oh, from. Yeah. No, don't you think? Totally. And they're in there by the tw- twelve hundred at a time Why at not? the on concert hall. So you're you're like the, you're probably one of the most popular acts, and we I mean we should call it acts classes. Well, then we, we it's incumbent <laughs> on us to not only play but try to instruct people uh-huh. as to how powerful it is, why it's powerful, and how they need to do more with it. Well, I think that's what you guys do beautifully. Is your you have the passion, and you have the professionalism. But then you bring the spirit about it, and you can talk about it. Yeah. Finally, you can. It's not just performing; you also get to talk. Yeah. And share your feelings. And teach, hopefully, a little yeah. bit. But oddly enough, whatever <laughs> we have to say is not anywhere near the power no. of the music that's yeah. actually performed. The gift. Yeah. So the idea is, one of the heads of the church once told me, Brother Goldstein, respectfully, can you please <laughs> play more and talk less? <laughs> Oh, that see that that's why you brought Vanessa. See, no, no, everybody is is jealous of me because I get to hang out with. Well, them. he's he's a ham. See, he yeah, he is no a, a free ham. <laughs> no offense, Mark. No offense about the ham. Ham, because you're the kosher. Bacon's kosher. Yeah. Okay. No, yeah. I mean I have it made seriously because everybody comes to his. I, I mean they flock to his class. There is a line all the way to the I know. bookstore. I know it's out of control. So I have it made really. It's, he's almost like an Osmond it, in a. Mormon setting. Well, they are Mormon. I know. <laughs> but, but yeah. He's I almost mean, like a Mormon. I'm like an Abraham in a Mormon setting. I'm very you blessed. You are. I'm blessed. You're like an ancient. But, you, but then I know why blessed you bring to Vanessa. Because Vanessa's, you're great, Marv, on a piano. I get it. You're beautiful. But <laughs> when she gets to sing, the world changes. I've heard Vanessa. Hello. Okay. I've been performing for 56 years. And I've never found a partner anywhere near that compliments mm. and helps me to do what I do oh, better. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that would be Vanessa and and yes, Aww. she appeals to, to she appeals to a Sweet. wide range way my groupies are almost seventy five oh, years I know. old. I was just thinking she's gonna outlive you by I don't know. And hers are from fourteen to ninety. See but that's a great It is, great. it's awesome. But too I think the spirit I think you're right on on the spirit. Um, talk to me about your childhood. As we look at Marvin, and he twitches. When I was did six, he ever grow out of it? I'm I don't wondering. think so. When I was six years old, I was on Medicare. Were you really? Yeah. Where did no. you live? New York, Florida. <laughs> you were in Florida. In Florida. Where were you raised? I was born in Ohio, and at nine years old, we moved to Fort Lauderdale. Oh yeah. And one of the most embarrassing moments for my mother was when I was eight years oh, old. Oh no! What did you do? We wandered into the family bank. <laughs> And my mother was doing the banking for the family, sure. right? And for the Goldstein sudden, family banking. Yes. Yeah. We owned the bank. <laughs> and so there was a box, and it said, win 12 free accordion lessons on the box. Wow. I said, Mom, can we sign up? I guess we can. But the most embarrassing thing was when we got a phone call and said, you've won the consolation prize. Six that? free lessons, but you have to rent an accordion. <laughs> so I knew my Jewish uncles owned that company, too. So you, exactly. It was a bait and switch. Bait and switch. And, but is that where you started? Yep, that's where I started on the piano, uh, accordion, and then fr- um, piano, then French horn. Then I wanted to be, embarrassing also was when I wanted to be in the marching band. Yeah. And they wouldn't let me march the piano. So you had to do the accordion. <laughs> they don't have a lot of accordion marching. Bands. No, there weren't any choices there, no options. So what'd you do? You can't carry your piano around well, either. I had to go to the French horn. 
There you go. Nothing wrong with that. No. But, um, well, wow. Your anyway, that's mother. the most embarrassing moment of my life. <laughs> Give a, you tell us one, Vanessa. I don't know that I have one. You don't like, have an embarrassing not one. right in my head. Well, I mean, you know, when someone asks you something like that. But, no, but just do, do I really t- want to share this? Tell them how you, just tell them how, and we only have a minute or yeah. so, but tell them how you started singing. Because that was interesting. You know, I didn't have any friends, and I had just moved. I moved twice in seventh grade, which is this miserable year for any kid, no matter what, even if you stay put. And I I ended up seeing auditions, and I thought, you know, I'm just going to try out for this. I had nothing to lose. I had no friends anyway, so why not try it? But you tried out for what? I tried out for an operetta. Yeah. And I was told to sing my heart out, and I went, and... And I, I sang, and my voice and hit the wall at the back of the room. I mean, it bounced all over the place, and I think everybody was really shocked, including myself. Yeah, I didn't know I could do that. That little girl's got some pipes. <laughs> That's amazing. So, but then I made friends after that. Every uh-huh. every flocked to me now. Oh yeah, well you know, because you're, I became you, popular. You, you know. <laughs> hey Matt, you know the most embarrassing thing for her, the most embarrassing thing for her ever was involved you. I can't yes. see where. Or you got just <laughs> taking me anywhere. Where? Uh, any, going anywhere with you? <laughs> anywhere. Has anybody ever said? Is this your father? Oh yeah, oh, yeah, for Absolutely. sure. Do they really? Yeah. I'm older. But you than really her are father. really good. Really, you're incredibly good friends. That's what I think is. <laughs> We're very good fantastic. friends. Fantastic. Yeah. He, uh, you know what? He, I, I joke that I am like his daughter because he doesn't have a daughter. Yeah. And you're the daughter he never had. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's why he's so nice to me. And I never had a brother, so I feel like he's kind of like the older brother that picks on me Way that I don't know how brother. to. But you know what? What a combination. You're it talented. Is a lot of fun. Amazing. Okay, we got to say your websites one more time. Marvin Goldstein. Are we going to send him there? Marvin Goldstein. Because that's where I just sent them. Yes. And VanessaJoy.net. Yes. VanessaJoy.net. Any new songs? Any new discs? Any new They're CDs? coming soon. I have one that's in the works. It's just, it's I not thought we that. were going to do one together. Oh, that's right. we got to do that. Let's do that. Matt. Oh, by the way, my CDs are on sale. Totally. You buy 12, you get nothing free. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Goldstein. Thank you. You did it again. Thanks for joining us, Matt, folks. So you're awesome. You. You're Thank beautiful. you. And uh, we're out of here, folks. That is the show. We did it again, and nobody died. Remember, keep loving uh, your family. Keep taking care of each other. And again, join us tomorrow. More ideas, more tools here on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM. 143 BYU Radio.